I'm Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Surviving and thriving. <laughs> that shit broke me, dude. <laughs> it's a great time to be a basketball fan. Let's get it on today's pod. We discuss so many different topics. And to be honest, this is one of my favorite conversations Cooper and I have ever recorded. You know we got to kick off the show talking about our Grizzlies and how excited me and Coop are for the playoffs. We also get into the huge news on Robert Williams with the Celtics and their title chances. A guy named Paul George returned and had 34 points and led his team on a 25-point comeback. Also, on the other side of that comeback is the Utah Jazz, a team that's now lost five in a row. We discussed if they should be blown up in the offseason. And finally, we get into this year's disappointments. Who is a bigger disappointment, the Lakers or the Knicks? We discuss all of that and much more, so let's jump into it. What up, what up, Coop? How are you doing, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, surviving and thriving. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Dude, we have so much to talk about on this week's episode. Usually it's a downtime in the NBA, you know, the final stretch of the regular season. Everybody's just bracing for the playoffs. But, God, there's so much going on in the standings right now. Yeah, no, a lot going on. Um, a lot of stories that are popping up now, so we got a lot to talk about. And none bigger to us than our Grizzlies. You know what you sign up for when you listen to this podcast you know cooper and i are both from memphis and that's what we're going to lead off this podcast with today our grizzlies have won nine out of ten and are about to win 10 out of 11 recording this as we're beating the spurs but they have blown out the bucks and warriors in their last two games before the spurs game cooper my question to you is our little team from memphis are they on the same level as the phoenix suns in your eyes right now they're definitely the second best team in the league i'll say that with confidence um the spurs are still a proven team just with the fact that they went to the championship last year or the finals last year you know the biggest knock that everybody's going to say on us is going to be our youth and the fact that we are not playoff proven and all that stuff but at the end of the day i think you and i when we but and this is even before this 10 out of 11 game stretch right here um you and i both i think we got to the point where we we're like let's just, Let's just stop putting a ceiling on them. We'll let them mm-hmm. handle that. Um, and so, like, that's kind of what I'm going to say. Like, I mean, if if you to- if you told me what however many months from now that the finals are going on and the Grizzlies are in the finals, I wouldn't be shocked. But if you also told me that they lost in the conference finals, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, if you told me they lose first round, that I might be shocked at, um, just mm-hmm. solely based on the fact that. Um, Actually, nah, that, there might be an interesting storyline that pops up later on the pod about that. But I think this team, despite the youth, despite the playoff inexperience, I think this team is showing you exactly what they're made of right now. I mean, no John Morant, and they're in games without John Morant. They're practically the number one team ever, um, which is insane. Like, that's not saying without with John Morant, we're not bad. Like, we're bad. Because we're obviously mm-hmm. still really good, and we still really want our superstar out there. But like, the depth that you have right now is something that you're not going to have every time you're going on a playoff run. Because um, mm-hmm. right now we have and two, exactly, and about to be nineteen and two. Um, yeah. And like, it's just one thing. Like, not every team has that. Um, so like, in most years, for the Grizzlies' case, like, if we're in the playoffs and we lose a Zach Randolph to. Uh, a suspension or, and we lose a Mike Conley to an injury we have nobody else like I mean Marcus is going to have to do it on his own and now this year like obviously I'm not going to say 
let's test out the waters. <laughs> but like, if we lose a, a jaw for a game, or if we lose a germ for a game, I still have confidence that my team's going to go out there and compete and potentially win, if not win. <laughs> like, I mean, that's something that not every team has. That's a luxury that we have right now, and I think we're getting spoiled by it because obviously you and I both know that we're not going to be able to sign and keep every single one of these guys unless they just want to play here, which I think most of them do. Um, but, like, just we have the luxury right now of an influx of youth, and, and they're all talented and incredible basketball players. Um, I definitely think we're inching closer and closer to being right on that same tier as um, – as the Phoenix Suns, I want to see us get a playoff series under our belt. Get a playoff. Uh, we have a playoff win, and actually, we'll count two because I'm going to count that uh, last year where we beat the Warriors to hop in, and we beat somebody else before then. Was it the Spurs? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we, I'll, I'll count that as three with this team. But um, I'm, I'm super excited. They get me more excited every time I watch them. Um, but I still think the Spurs, just based on a man named Chris Paul might have us just by a little bit <laughs> the suns i'd have to agree with you they're just in a different stratosphere than everyone else right now i mean this is a, already a 60 win team and they have a handful of games left uh they're 61 and 14 right now and they're my title favorite um and i'm at to the i'm to the point with the phoenix suns that i would be shocked if they didn't make the finals um, Booker has grown even more this year. Uh, he kept the team afloat with CP3 out, and that's an understatement. I mean, they had winning streaks when their leader, Chris Paul, was out. Booker can now play the one at a very high clip, um, and they're just getting healthy at the right time. But at the same time, yes, Jaw's out right now, but we know it's nothing serious. Our Grizzlies are getting healthy at the right time, and we're staying healthy, you know knock on wood with that but we're staying healthy and you know just to jump back to you were talking about the conference finals and the finals with this team um from one to ten what's your confidence level that memphis can make the conference finals oh see my confidence is kind of wavering at the moment this is i'm gonna throw it in so um right now you and i both know the standings it's phoenix one memphis two golden state three um, and then Dallas is at four right now. Um, I definitely think these will be your top four. Um, there's because I think five and six will probably change a little bit more. Um, but I'm getting worried that Dallas is going to be the three seed. Um, and I'm also getting worried. I don't want to jump on your toes yet, but I have a feeling we're going to talk about this team because they have an important player who just came back. But um, the Clippers are could potentially be our seven two matchup. Um, and I'll talk about them first. Um, they just had a man named Paul George come back yesterday. Um, but I also hear murmurs that a man named Kawhi Leonard might also be coming back. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you. If if the Clippers, right, with the bum team that they throw out right now, is our 2-7 two, our two matchup, I'm going to coast on a 4-0 sweep. Um, but with Paul George coming back, I think they'll probably take a game or two. With Kawhi Leonard coming back, potentially coming back obviously we're not breaking news here this is just rumors and uh talking questions things like that but like you put Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out there that's a scary seven seed um 
but let's let's push past that. We're gonna hope and pray that Minnesota wins. Like I'm praying, I'm praying Minnesota wins now, as opposed to like the, just the other day I was telling you I do not want to play them whatsoever. Um, but let's say we get past them, Dallas. If Dallas can jump Golden State, which I'm pulling up their schedules right now, um, I would much rather play Golden State right now. Um, that sounds crazy, and y'all can come at me all you want, but I'm telling you right now. We we've had the Warriors number. Um, obviously, we've never seen them at full strength, um, and who knows um, what they will look like when Steph comes back? Because they're I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I think they're hoping Steph comes back first first playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, but their final stretch of games is at uh, home against Phoenix, home against the Jazz, at Sacramento. Versus Los Angeles, uh, at San Antonio, and at New Orleans. So five of the seven teams in here are either in the playoffs or fighting for a playoff spot. Obviously, the Jazz and the Suns are the ones in the playoffs, and the Lakers, Spurs, and the Pelicans are all fighting for a playing spot. So I don't think these are just going to be teams that you can roll out a starting lineup of Kaminga, Andrew Wiggins, Kavon Looney, um, who else did they throw out at us? Uh, Gary Payton and I don't even know who the other bomb was. Um, but they threw out a lineup at us that we beat the Warriors through two quarters. And it was coasting the whole rest of the way. Um, you throw that out against those five teams, I don't see you winning. Um, and then the team that's behind you only by two games uh, going into today. Or no, it's just one game going into today. Um, is the Dallas Mavericks who are hot. Um, I mean, there Lucas finding his groove. I mean, not that he hadn't all year, but he's finding it in a different stride right now. They have Washington, Detroit, Portland, San Antonio, and Milwaukee. If if I'm a betting man, I think they lose one of those games, and that's Milwaukee. <laughs> they win the other four, so that puts. I, I just think it forces Golden State to like. They're, they're going to have to outperform one game and sneak a win in just to keep the three seed. Um, and, uh, and also, I might be over-exaggerating how bad we play against uh, the Mavericks, but we also we haven't seen them since they, the Porzingis trade. Um, but Luka just has our number. Um, and Luka's also definitely a guy that has had playoff minutes. He's had playoff shots. And by that, I mean, like, he's had some intense game clinching game winning shots um so like Luca's proven in the playoffs and Luca's also just somebody that is arguably top five in the NBA right now I don't think I'm I don't think I'm outrageous in saying that um but my confidence level kind of wavers from day to day now um if you'd asked me last week and everything was as is it would probably been a seven to an eight because obviously I want to go in with like a 10 and then us just get like massacred by Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because they come back after having like a whole season of rest. Um, it doesn't drop too much. I th- I still think I'm going to stick with a seven. Um, I'd probably say like last week it probably would have been eight and then I'm going to, I'm going to keep it like a six, seven. Um, Cause I'm confident in our boys. Um, obviously they just waxed a Bucks team that had their players playing. Um, ran the world champs just out of the building just exactly like I mean dismantled them in three quarters basically Um, 
And Giannis had what, like 30 and 11? Yeah, Giannis had a quiet 30-point double-double, but nobody else did anything else (laughs) is the problem. Um, I mean, the thing thing that gives me a lot of hope and a lot of, uh, like, confidence in our team is the fact that our defense is elite. Um, we're not. I won't say we're. We're definitely not Boston level. Boston's defense is a whole different level of elite. But like, we're top five. We're top five, top ten defensively. And mm-hmm. no offense to Jaw, I love the man, but he's not the reason we're a top defensive team. That's why we win games when he's not playing. Because um, our defense, our defensive guys are Dylan, uh, Stephen Adams in a way, because he's just a body down low. Um, and Jaron for sure, DeAnthony, Kyle, um, Desmond Bain even. I mean, he stays in front of people. Um, but like our team is really elite defensively, and it comes from the fact that their chemistry is as high as it is. Um, so that's the thing that gives me a lot of confidence is the fact that defense is going to travel, um, and our offense is also elite. So um, even without Jaw, you're seeing that we're literally like the number one team in every statistical category without Jaw. Um, which is absurd. Like you, sh- like to say that with a team that has a superstar player is insane. Um, but that's just the luxury we have right now. But I'm definitely telling you these these playoffs might be the best playoffs we've seen in a long, long time. With the way that they're shaping up, with people potentially coming back from injury, um, these playing games are going to be intense. Brooklyn's going to have everybody back with uh, Kyrie able to play home games now. Like. Mm-hmm. They're getting intense, and it's a tight race in the East, and I'm sure we'll get to that, but I'm definitely getting excited. Dude, I am too, and uh, I'm I'm about where you are with our Grizzlies when it comes to conference finals. I'm about, I, I wrote down seven as well, and I'll go through it again, and it's the, the first round we have either the T-Wolves or the Clips. Uh, you know, with the Paul George Kawhi thing, if it's just Paul George, I feel fine, but the Kawhi Leonard scares the shit out of me, and that'd be all <laughs> freaking luck. But the T-Wolves thing, I think it'd be a hell of a series, but I think we would still find a way to win. Second Agreed. round would you know, either be Golden State or Dallas. Um, you know, all the guys locally have been talking about what a bad matchup Dallas is, and they are now. They are a bad matchup for us. But... We haven't had Dylan when we've played them this year. And I think that's an X factor for us to for him to put on Luca. Because the last time we played the Mavs with Dylan, you remember Luca hit that wild ass game winner. But oh, Luca had Lord, like yeah. 14 points and like six assists. He was terrible that game because Dylan was all over him. And Porzingis was a guy for them that would bust our ass and was the ultimate Grizz killer for us. And True. they've since traded him. Now, Dinwiddie can just as easily turn into that, too. He's had great games against the Grizzlies. But I, that has me feel a little bit better about Dallas. And I, Golden State, I think, I think we can beat them straight up. They're just on an absolute spiral downhill right now. I mean, Draymond came out and said a couple days ago that he feels like he's never been on a team where he's making the team actually worse. And he is doing that right now. Yes, it's because of Curry being out but you know just a a clay thompson that's been out of the playoffs for two three years now uh, aging draymond a hobbled curry i'm not scared of them at all 
And I'm sitting on about a seven for the conference finals as well. Now, the Suns is a whole nother story. When it comes to the Suns, you know, we're talking about this Grizzlies, Suns, you know, Western Conference. We're going to get to see a preview of that on Friday. Yes, it's going to be without job, but I I can tell you what, I'm going to be in front of a TV Friday at 7 o'clock watching our Suns, or watching our Grizzlies play the Suns. I think that's going to be an absolute hell of a game. Amen. I don't care. Dude, I'm telling you, Tyus Jones would start on at point guard on any other team in the league other than the Grizzlies. So yep. I'm pumped for that game. Um, honestly, I thought it was next week, so I'm glad you told me that because I totally would have been sitting around doing nothing at 7 o'clock on Friday. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that's going to be a great game. And you have a great point. Dylan, as much as we haven't had him this year, uh, he he's our Pat Bev. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird comparison, but I'm giving – the only reason I'm doing that is because I was scrolling through, I think, Instagram the other day and saw uh, videos of – it was basically the quote was Pat Bev doing Pat Bev things. And literally it was two videos of him literally pissing off Luca to the point where Luca's like red in the face like – like so angry mm-hmm. um and so like i i just think dylan brooks does the exact same thing and you know we haven't seen dylan play them this year and we also haven't played them without uh chris Stapps. um and also chris Stapps always finds a way to like he's like jaron's kryptonite he's the same way that when jaron played evan mobley it looked like jaron was just like like confused at what to do um exactly. and that was the same thing with porzingis so you 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 probably making great points there um but at the end of the day i think i think you and i are both smart and curbing our confidence a little or like our not going full-fledged 10 because you you and i both know a lot can happen i mean obviously we don't play very many like we're not playing any like other than that sun's game i don't think we play any like serious serious like gotta worry about teams but like you never know what can happen and six games i think five games i don't know mm-hmm. something like that yeah you know what concerns me is we're we're so deep don't get me wrong but i was wherever i was at the knicks game it was our guys can play so well and show up you know our role guys can play so well and show up so many different games but for some reason whenever these teams that slow it down you know like the new york knicks it's it's like jaw can have 40, but no one else shows up. Yeah. And that's what concerns me about the playoffs. You know, because we watched Ja have 47 on the road in Utah and us lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That Utah that, series was a travesty for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just even trying to compare it to this year, it took a comeback win against the Knicks because no one else really showed up besides Ja. But, you know, granted, our, our guys are a lot more mature than they were last year. And, I mean, they're sh- proving right now that they are a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, we'll see uh, how they pack the paint, how they defend Ja, and, you know, if our players can capitalize on that, if they're good enough to beat a team whenever they uh, shut down Ja or, or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll just see. There's still a lot yeah. up in the air, but, you know, this I, I feel really, really good about this. No, I do too. And it's also one of those things where um, in a playoff series, like, everybody's going to have their, like, holes if you will like mm-hmm. question marks going into uh playoffs like everybody's gonna have them i'd much rather have our question mark be young don't mm-hmm. know what they're gonna do in playoff series as opposed to everybody's been injured <laughs> like exactly. we don't know obviously this probably isn't breaking news but john moran could probably play if he wanted to i don't know if 
people yeah. out there watching yeah. the Grizzlies games. Uh, he's literally jumping up and down, dancing the entire game. Um, and ice the fuck out, too. Exactly. Like, literally, <laughs> the, Grizz- the Grizzlies just have a luxury of the fact that they're like, we're still going to win games without him. What's the yeah. point of rushing him back? Let him get fully healthy so we can go into a playoff series with a fully uh-huh. rested, healthy jaw. Um, he's not injured to the point where he's going to be out and, like, coming back limping and gimpy. Like, no. He he could play tonight if he wanted to. They're just sitting him out. It's the same way. It's just a different aspect of how the Oklahoma City Thunder play every season. Um, Shaco Alexander's not hurt. Um, neither is, <laughs> neither is like, Josh Kitty. Exactly. They're not hurt. They just want to get the best draft spot they can get, so they just don't care anymore. Uh, it's a form of tanking, but for playoffs. It's called They've done team. this for like three years, Exactly. Bro. It's, it's the LeBron James effect called load management. So he's just 24. or No, Josh 22, isn't he? Yeah, he's 22. Yeah, he's just 22 and getting a 37-year-old treatment. But that's okay. We'll, we'll, I'm okay with that. Let the other guys, let, let DeAnthony Melton catch his streak uh, going to the playoffs. All right, let's move to another team that's had a hell of a season and completely turned around their season, and that's the Boston Celtics. Um, they started off at one point, I think they were 18 and 21 back in January, and now they're uh, I believe 47 and 29, I believe. But anyways, they have won 23 of their last 26. They're on fire. We've, we've talked to them or talked about them at length and how far we think they can go. Well, they just had a crushing blow to, um, their young star, big man, Robert Williams. He's a great defender. He's had a breakout year and all the buzz out of Boston, you know, really besides the obvious, you know, JT and Jalen Brown has been Robert Williams and the growth of him. And he tore his meniscus last week. A report came out yesterday that he's going to be out four to six weeks and possibly could return maybe in the second round of the playoffs. Um, Cooper, what does this injury do to the Celtics title chances? Oh, it definitely hurts it. Um, I know that's a lame lame answer, but uh, and I'll elaborate, but uh, this this one hurts. I saw that he was injured and out for a game, and then they were doing MRIs, and I was like, "Please don't be bad," because like it's one of those things where like they were I, they were a firm contender in my book. Um, and I'm gonna shout out Kenny Beecham here in a second. Um, he was he was doing a tier uh, for like the playoffs teams and everything like that, and he had a tier that says um, has to be perfect. Um, so I'm gonna use that right here. They were a firm contender in my book. I, you had them in the conference finals against the Bucks, um, and honestly, I, I kind of was sitting there wavering on the fence. Um, they're playing the uh, Heat right now. I don't know what that score is, but um, I was definitely it's going teetering on the, the fence. Wire right now. Yeah, and it's it's a good game right here. Um, and Boston was a one seed two days ago. That's a crazy yeah, exactly. Game. They were a one seed. Um, so like, obviously. Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, as you just said, they're the scoring, they're the offense, but the things that Robert Williams does defensively, um, and obviously, this is not me comparing him to the same exact player as who I'm about to say, but like the way he plays defense is very Giannis-esque. Um, the way that they have him playing defense is he's like a roaming safety. Um, they let him use his athleticism, they let him roam around and 
not necessarily block every shot because you're never going to block every shot but like he definitely thwarts any paint and or close to the paint shots um because that's just that's just his presence on the defensive side um and they lose that um and if you were telling me what's what's the scariest part of their team i would have said center depth um so that's why this is also kind of a crushing thing because al horford just came back from an injury of his own um and no offense to al horford but you're definitely on the back nine of your career um Mm -hmm. and so like obviously you and i both saw the vintage al horford against our grizzlies but that might not be the al horford you get every night and if you and i both know if you're trusting daniel tice to be your center you're gonna have a pretty decent sized hole uh, in your lineup um and i think he was playing fine tonight but when i was watching because uh the, the way they played the heat was actually a pretty impressive way because they just spread the heat out which allowed Jalen brown and jason Tatum to do whatever they wanted because tice and al horford just stood in the corner so that forces bam to not be right in the middle um which plays to boston's favor so like they didn't it didn't show up as much tonight but when you have a team that forces you to like do something other than play jason tatum and jalen brown iso ball that'll be kind of where i'm interested to see them um and obviously mm-hmm. like when you play a team's like Giannis with a Giannis or something like that because you're gonna have to play them so mm-hmm. they kind of drop into this has to be perfect now um which I'm definitely stealing that for Kenny. Um, shout out King of the Fourth Quarter. Um, but the only reason I say that is because his defensive presence is the reason that their defense is as high as it is right now. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're still playing really good defense, but they're also playing a team that's offense is um, not very good, um, other than Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. Um and Bam, I'll give Bam credit where credit's due. He's more of an all-around player, though. But um, he he definitely, that hurts. And four to six weeks kind of sounds like a hope more than in actuality. You and I both know when a seven-footer gets, or an almost seven-footer, I think he's 6'10", but when an almost seven-footer gets a meniscus tear, it wasn't no four to six weeks for us. Um, Jaron was out for almost a whole year. So if he does come back four to six weeks, that's awesome. Um, Because I think they can get through their first round matchup, unless it's Brooklyn, uh, pretty easily. But it definitely definitely drops the ceiling that I thought they had because I really had them. I was really inching them closer and closer to being in my conference championship competing for the finals. Um, So it definitely, I think, might curb those chances because somebody's going to take advantage of the fact that Daniel Tyson Al Horford is your center rotation eventually. Mm. Um, but yeah, I hate that for them because I was really enjoying watching Celtics basketball. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. In my opinion, it just shatters it. I was on the verge of saying this team can really make it to the finals, uh, and you know, it'd be a pick between them and Milwaukee. Now, I don't feel that way at all. I don't even care if he actually does come back in the second round. It, it's There's no way in hell, six weeks after tearing a meniscus, Robert Williams is going to be the exact same dude he was. And the team's not going to be that because they've been playing six weeks without, you know, their crucial big man. And I think, I, just like you said, whenever they play Milwaukee, Giannis will exploit the hell out of them. He does everyone. 
But when you when you have a, either a hobbled Robert Williams or no Robert Williams at all, Giannis is going to kill you, and you're going to have to go through Milwaukee to get to even sniff the finals this year. And I, I truly yep. believe that. Uh, they're my pick right now. Yes, Boston's battling with Miami uh, tonight, but Miami's struggling, man. They're they're struggling, and. I don't know. Well, Al Horford, like you said, is on the back end of his career. You know, four to six weeks, I, st- I still don't care. You, they're not going to be the same. The chemistry won't be there. And this year's Eastern Conference, you need everything perfect, just like Kenny said. And because it's so deep. Yep. Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Chicago, Brooklyn. Uh, even... If you want to throw, if you want to throw Toronto in there, you know I, I wouldn't put it past Nick Nurse, man. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. I wouldn't either. Plan the yeah. same. As long as Pascal Siakam's not on like a freaking Walker by like the first round, I think they'll be okay <laughs> with all the damn minutes they've played. But anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. We were, you have were, a back in. <laughs> you were talking Karen. about Jalen Brown a little bit earlier, and. I watched intensely the first quarter of this Boston-Miami game before our Grizzlies came on. And, dude, I just keep falling more and more in love with Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown. (laughs) For the sake of conversation, I know this sounds terrible coming from a Grizzlies fan, and you know how much I love this dude and what he's done this year in his second year. Would you straight up trade Desmond Bain for Jalen Brown right now in the offseason or something obviously not right now but I'm talking about all right. Are right now. Um, so here's why I'm gonna here's why I'm gonna say no um, injuries and contract those are the two reasons obviously you and I both yeah. know as much as I love Desmond Bain Jalen Brown's a better player right now Jalen Brown's also been in the league for I think it's his fifth, fifth year. is this his fifth year or am I is that way yeah. too much He's somewhere in there, four, five, six, somewhere in that range. Um, who knows what Desmond can be then? Obviously, Desmond's gonna Desmond's gonna get a pretty contract, pretty decent sized contract. His next go round, it could be bigger. It could could not be. Um, I don't know that yet. But I think just based on the fact that he's younger, he has a cheaper contract, and he took a leap like this in just one year and also shout out to the Grizzlies staff because their player development is insane Uh, I mean even like not even just Desmond Bain I I know we're talking about just a straight up one for one but like watching Zaire Williams development in one year um, it's been kind of insane like they've just done an incredible job of getting guys that fit the Grizz culture um Jalen Brown would definitely fit in. I'm not saying that's not that's the reason I'm saying no to that. I'm saying no more or less because with Desmond, the thing I love the most is even if Ja, Jaron, and Dylan are out for a game, Desmond Bain's still in that game. Um, and he's cheaper. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know Jalen Brown's stats right now, but Desmond's averaging 20-something in points a game, I think. Um, so... I say no. You have two very good reasons. Um, that contract thing is huge because we have Desmond Bain on an absolute bargain right now, um, especially with where we drafted him. 
I don't know, man. Dude, I'm at the point where I don't. we don't know what Dez could be. Yes, he could possibly be an all-star, but Jalen Brown is an all-star. And, ah, dude, I don't know. This sounds so terrible with how good we've been this year. But Ja and Jalen, that just sounds amazing. I, I, I still – I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no because the contract thing is big. And I absolutely love Desmond Bain, man. He's – He's just going to continue to get better. Yeah. And there, there's no way in hell they'd ever do that. They're not going to trade Des. That's not happening. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, who's, who says no to that trade? If that's the trade that gets sent out, just Draylon Brown straight up for Desmond Bain, who says no? I don't think so. I think Desmond Bain think alongside would say no uh, Jason Tatum would be amazing. You don't like, think so? Like a 40% shooter next to Jason Tatum with Robert Williams in the middle and Derek White, a sniper as your point guard, I think. And Marcus Smart. So you don't think it would you don't think it would take more to get him? Like you don't think it would take like a Desmond Bain, maybe Xavier Tillman? I'd probably say, yeah, you know, some end of the bench guy and maybe a pick. I don't think it'd be much more yeah. than Desmond Bain himself. I think that'd be the centerpiece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Also, shout out X. X has played really well. Yes, um, he has played when really Brandon well. was hurt. He played awesome and I was like, I really miss X getting minutes. But mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out X. We have such a deep team. It's exactly. the fact that you have guys like Xavier Tillman and obviously Jared Culver only really gets in kind of chump time, but like they had him in the G League earlier in the year and the man was putting up like 30, 10, and 5. Like, I mean, yeah. he was just, he didn't belong there. Like, you can tell this dude has talent and it's just kind of wild that on any, I think on some teams he could really get some good minutes but because the Grizzlies are so deep he kind of just chilling down there him and X X would X would be if not the starting center for the Celtics he'd be definitely the backup center coming in the game um for them right now especially with Robert Williams being out um that's what I mean not with Robert Williams being there obviously Robert Williams start but yeah no that's that's an interesting one I, I still would say no I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stick with it. I'd I'd kind of I'm kind of lean that way too because the Jaw Desmond fits incredible. You need a shooter like him around Jaw, but I just and like I said, as a Grizzlies fan, you know I love Desmond. This has nothing to do with him. It was just for the sake of conversation, and we don't want the Grizzlies to do that by any means. That was just a conversation piece that was really <laughs> interesting to me. Uh, but let's move on to something you touched on earlier in the podcast was. Paul George hadn't played in three months. Um, I kept getting notifications on my phone the past couple weeks. He's playing three on three, playing four on four, playing five on five. I wouldn't really think much of it. I'm like, dude, whatever. You know, I haven't seen him in months. And then I turned on the TV yesterday and I was at work. So I didn't, I hadn't been on Twitter or anything saying he was going to play. But they like, you know, tease the game. It was in between. It was after the Lakers massacre <laughs> by the Mavericks, but they had teased it. They're like, and Paul George warming up for his first game back since December, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, what the hell? He's coming back? <laughs> so I turn it on, and the Jazz are just routing. Uh, or not, yeah, the Jazz are just routing the Clippers. And, you know, we'll get into the Jazz in the next question, but that's a whole other story. But Paul George, in his return, led the Clippers to so come comeback win on the Jazz and had 38 points in his literally first game back. He had 38 and led this team to a win. 
Do you think the Clippers could possibly make a run? And, you know, do they need Kawhi? Of course, obviously, they need Kawhi and want Kawhi. But, like, do you think Paul George is enough to make a run? Uh, Based on the fact that you're going to have to play the Grizzlies or the Suns, because you're not getting out of that playing spot, the fact that you'd have to play the Grizzlies or the Suns, I definitely think Paul George is not enough. I and that is not a knock on Paul George. Paul George is literally one of my favorite players. I miss Pacers Paul George, Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he he's an incredible player, but I just don't see who the other guy is that's giving them Kawhi S type performances a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Paul George coming back and dropping you say thirty nine or thirty eight? Thirty eight. In, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um first game back against a team that generally is talked about amongst NBA people as a pretty decent defensive team. Um, and I don't even, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch a single minute of that game. Um, I too did not realize he was coming back. And I also don't watch jazz basketball because the jazz infuriate me because of a man, a man named Rudy Gobert. Um, so I just refuse to watch them. <laughs> but like, yeah, screw that dude. Um, but um, Paul George is a man amongst boys, and I'm so glad to see him back. Cause I hate I hate when people like that get injured. Cause you're like, God, there's no point in watching that team now. Cause the only reason you turn on to watch those games, and of course, at the beginning of the season when they were giving out uh, TV slots, they give the Clippers a gazillion, the Clippers and a Laker a gazillion different. And the Pelicans. Don't even get me started on the Pelicans. But they give those teams a butt-ton of, like, TNT and ESPN games because they're assuming that they're going to have stars. And then you get into the middle of the year and they're either garbage team at the Lakers or all of their good players are hurt. Um, so you still have to watch their bum teams play on live TV. But uh, shout-out Paul George for coming back. Um, also, shout-out to Jazz for being bums. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think it would take a little bit more than PG thirteen. He is still thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I agree with that, man. Because they're gonna need Kawhi back, especially for the Suns and Grizzlies. Where I was coming from with that question, everybody, it's just like people forget last year, PG and no Kawhi. Paul George led this team to the conference finals against the Suns, and he did. That's when I started. I've always, you know. Kind of been so-so on PG until last year. Once he carried that team to the conference finals with that roster, I just, my respect went up. You know, that playoff P came out last year. And I just love him as a player. He's everything you ever asked for. He can get you a bucket in the half court. He can shoot the three ball. One of the best defenders in the league. And it was just so good seeing him last night. But yes, they're going to need Kawhi because they're not going to get the luxury of playing the Mavericks in the first round like they did last year and then playing Denver the next one. It's going to be Phoenix or Memphis and then possibly Golden State or Dallas after that. So they're going to need Kawhi Leonard if they want to make some real noise in the playoffs. Yep. All right, the flip side you know, to this whole Paul George thing is there was an opponent in this game. The Utah Jazz blew a massive lead, a lead that was so massive 
you know, the third quarter came around. I was like, you know what? It's 13-point game at halftime. Uh, let's see if the Clippers can come out of halftime and make this a game. No, they didn't. The Jazz quickly got got the lead back into the 20s again. I turned it off, went to bed. I wake up this morning to a notification saying, Paul George, 38, leads a 25-point comeback his first game back. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? And why did why did I go to sleep? <laughs> it because it was it was a 20 point lead in the second half. It's not like it was in the first quarter or something, but it yeah. it's it was just a very bad loss for Utah. And assuming the Jazz get bounced early, I mean they just by the way, the Clippers was their fifth loss in a row. Assuming the Jazz get bounced early, do you think Utah should finally blow up this core in the offseason? I think they do it regardless of where they get bounced in the playoffs. Um, so, I don't know. I obviously, like I said, I don't watch very many Jazz games, but I do read uh, the things on the Jazz, and there's definitely a lot of tor- turmoil going on there. Yep. Um, you and I both love Mike Conley. That's the only reason I can sometimes get grit through and watch him uh, is because of that man. But he's obviously not the Mike Connolly of his prime. Um, He's not an above... I mean, he's still an above average defender, but he's not the guy that we used to know as being one of like the all-defensive type guys. Um, And for some odd reason, it doesn't seem like Donovan Mitchell's taking a step in his defensive game either. It looks like he's kind of taking a step back. And they only rely on Rudy Gobert, um, and it's showing. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'll just give the source of this: Rudy Gobert and his last couple of uh, po- post-game press conferences has sat there and been like, uh, "If I don't defend them, they score. And if Donovan doesn't score the ball on offense, we don't score." That's, and, and obviously he said it a little differently than that, but like that's reading through the lines. If your team structure is basically, I have one good player on defense and I have one good player on offense, and then a Mike Conley who's an aging veteran um, who's still really good. Like obviously Mike Conley can still play on any team in the league. Um, and there's any team in the league with one of Mike Conley, but he's just not the player that he once was. Um, but if you're relying on just those guys and it's not working. And obviously, the Jazz have been, I wouldn't say, oh, they're not overachieving, but they're definitely like, them getting into the playoffs and getting deep has never happened. Uh, they finally got to the second round last year, and that was because they got the one seed um, and played a unproven playoff less Grizzlies. Um, and obviously, they, they kind of showed the Grizzlies what they needed to fix, and that's why the Grizzlies made the Jonas Valanciunas Steven Adams trade. Um, and obviously, you and I both know why they made that trade because Stephen Adams and uh, or Jonas's defense against pick and roll was just absolutely a bloodbath. Um, and then his offensive game kind of took away from everybody else's offensive game. I love Jonas Valanciunas, by the way. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the pod, but Leah and I, for her birthday, we went to the Grizzlies Pelicans game uh, and got Jonas to sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. So, like, obviously, we love Jonas Valanciunas, oh, yeah. uh, but um, I definitely think whether whether or not they get bounced in the first round, whether or not they make it to the second round, 
I think they blow it up. Um, unless they miraculously make a finals run, which I don't see happening. Because um, I just don't. Um, they either are going to be playing the Suns second round or they're going to be playing they're going to be playing the one of four teams Suns Grizzlies Mavericks or Warriors and I don't see them beating any of those teams um so I, I think they blow it up regardless um I don't know how but I think they should and I don't know how but I think they will <laughs> yeah uh, I agree and just one quick point jumping back to the Clippers I was saying 38 with such confidence. It was 34 points. I apologize, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) But 34 was, I mean, it's still miraculous. It's still impressive. Just the fact that I was saying it was such. (laughs) So the fact that I was saying it was such confidence is what trips me. Hey, that's all that matters. If you say what you chest, everybody's going to believe you. Exactly, man. Got to laugh at yourself. Got to laugh at yourself every now and then. Oh, yeah. But back to uh, the Jazz, I dude, I completely agree with you, man. And even looking at their history of this court, they've never made real noise in the playoffs. They haven't made it past the second round. And like you said, man, tensions are high in Utah right now. Donovan Mitchell, after the game last night, again, this is her fifth loss in a row. He goes, quote, it's the same shit. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing does that sound like a man that wants to stay in utah <laughs> no it, it doesn't this at is all also not a destination spot for players either no so. yeah he he's feels like he's been loyal and utah really hadn't besides a conley thing i mean it's kind of been the same team mm-hmm. and i don't i think they should blow it up and like like Don said, man, it's the same shit. And I, I he doesn't like Gobert, and that's documented. It's been documented the past couple of years, and I think he goes somewhere else. Um, I know this is a typical like big market saying, but possibly New York. I think my prediction for the offseason is either him or Zion goes to the New York Knicks. And I think this is the year. Everyone has said that. You know, so-and-so is going to go to the Knicks this year. So-and-so is going to go to the Knicks this year. No, I think this is the actual year that somebody actually goes to the Knicks. Because Zion... Who do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Zion. Would it, all right, I'll, I'll switch up the question on you. Who would you rather see next to RJ Barrett? Because I think RJ Barrett is their centerpiece right now. Julius Randle's taking a fat regression this year, and he's just not the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather see Zion with RJ again or a Donovan Mitchell with RJ? Um, Zion, because I feel like RJ and yeah. uh, Donovan, their talent, their talents kind of um, overlap each other. RJ and Zion, they played together in college, and I would love their chemistry. You know, get what you can for Julius Randle, even if it's pennies on the dollar. Just move off of him; he's a cancer in the locker room. But RJ and Zion, I'd love to see that, and and it be two guys that are. Young with bright futures, and New York needs that because yeah. Thibodeau and Cam Reddish. I forgot yeah, exactly. about Cam Reddish. It'd be, it'd be getting the trio back together again. Exactly, because Thibodeau's still playing a forty-eight-year-old Taj Gibson, and like they need some young talent. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> they need some. But yeah, um, Donovan doesn't want to be in Utah, and we'll see what happens in the off season. 
All right, well, we're going to move to two more disappointing teams and probably the biggest disappointments of them all this season. We were talking about New York. Let's move to who was a bigger disappointment this year, the Lakers or the Knicks? Who do you feel, Cooper? Also, I don't actually have an answer. I think they've both been pretty disappointing, but um, I think they've been disappointing for different reasons. Um, So I'll start with the Lakers. I think they've been they've been super disappointing more because you're getting the same old same old crap with Anthony Davis. He's injured for 50 of the games. He plays third. He plays 30 of them, Um, and. Uh, I know he's been doubtful, but um, these past for these past couple games, but they've also LeBron's been out with an injury, and I don't know if whether or not it's an injury or them just shutting him down for the year. Um, but I know you and I also talked last week about whether or not we thought he was staying to kind of get that uh, uh, scoring title or not. Um, but I just think they've been disappointing for the fact that. You make this a massive trade in the offseason, basically giving away every single one of your role players um, in depth for Russell Westbrook to pair, um, which is two guys that in LeBron and Westbrook that are have been known to heighten and elevate the play from every one of their teammates. Um, and it just it never gelled. Um, and I think that's why it's disappointing because, like, Obviously, let's talk 2K for a second. You put LeBron, Russ, and uh, Anthony Davis in 2K, that's a scary team to play with. Um, And it should, like, on paper, it looks scary. But then you look after Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron, you're like, Austin Reeves? Like, it's one of the, your next four or five players are all question marks. But you have to play them significant minutes a night. Um, and so it's just that they're disappointed for the fact that they make this massive uh, trade acquisition and then uh, it never gels and meshes and it's just super disappointing because I feel like as as much juice as I think he still has left I feel like this was just kind of wasting a LeBron year um, and I hate that um, also fantasy team loves con- it though yeah, fantasy. <laughs> My fantasy team did love it. Uh, I did, however, have the second best record in the league, and I lost in the first round to the best team. No. Because, yeah, because I was in the same conference as uh, the number one team, and so I couldn't get the number one seed or the number two seed because the other league gets the number two seed. So, yeah, I sadly was the four seed, and I would have beat – any of the other two teams so that was super depressing but uh it also is kind of because um i think i counted eight of my players that i started the year with and or traded for uh were sitting on uh waivers with ir injuries so shout out uh miles turner jared allen john morant um who else oh colin sexton yeah, it was a tough year for my fantasy team down the stretch. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, LeBron did help that a lot because he is leading the league in points per game right now. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll shift gears to the Knicks now. I'm 
I'm gonna say they've been they've been more disappointed, and this is why you don't have the excuse that the Lakers do. Um, you're coming off an All Pro Julius Randle year. Uh, RJ Barrett's expected to make his next jump in progression. Um, you bring Kimba back home to Madison Square Garden, um, and well, I, I say back home. That's he played in New York, um, and that's where he had one of the biggest shots in his college career. Um, but you have it, and Evan Fournier uh, was a big uh, acquisition for them, um, and they looked poised to make another run. Like they looked poised to they they were regrouping, getting stronger, and they looked like they were um, ready to uh, make a make a big run, make a big splash. Um, and then Julius Randle regresses significantly. RJ did in fact take the jump, and then Kimba doesn't even play. Um, and it's just it's just super disappointing because like you're like this team could have done it, but they. Uh, they just didn't have the juice, I guess. Um, and obviously, Julius Randall regressing like that was unexpected. Um, but I think I think they would be more disappointing just because of the fact that you come into this year with high expectations. Because um, I mean, literally, because your team was good last year, and you would assume that they'd be good again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just weren't. Um, so I, I think that'd be why um, I'd say they're more disappointing. Um, but I'm also going to add another team that I think's also been super disappointing. I know we're just comparing these two, but I think the Atlanta Falcons have also, or I said Atlanta Falcons. Oh <laughs> lord, um, they were also disappointing. Uh, but they the were. Atlanta Hawks, um, I know they're still technic, they're still technically playing team, right? Yeah, they're the ten, um, and they're probably going to be the ten over the New York Knicks. Um, but I just think. They were super disappointing. <laughs> you literally go from a conference championship run to you're barely going to make the playing game. Um, that's why I just think that's super disappointing for them. I, I agree. And if I had to choose, it'd be the Lakers, man, because honestly, they're getting AD back Friday. It doesn't matter. At this point, it does not matter. This is a team at the beginning of the year they were all barking because everybody, of course, was like, God, y'all's average age is 79 and a half. Do you think this can last over a season? And LeBron was firing off all these tweets. You know, keep the same energy. Keep the same energy. Well, we kept the same energy, and you're not even going to make the play-in. When you were the title favorites <laughs> to begin the year, they're the 11 yeah. seed right now and 13 games under 500. The 11 seed. They're not even making the play-in, bro. This is... Like, this is sad. And can we, uh, I'm going to shut myself out, show me a little love here with that Spurs prediction. They're the number 10 seed right now. In our in our second half predictions back about a month ago, I, I said the Spurs would sneak into the play-in, and it looks like they very well may do that because Lakers have a tough remaining schedule, and I don't care that they're getting AD back. And honestly, uh, I think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I think they're. I've. I literally. The only reason I keep looking at their remaining schedule um, is because of my Grizzlies have their pick, um, and I think it's top ten protected. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was really kind of hoping that they'd make this play. And I'm like, oh, they just slipped out one game. It's okay. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they make it. 
Yeah, because I've low-key been rooting for them too, but I just, whenever they go down by like 30, like midway to the second quarter, I just and I, Yeah, yeah. it's just disappointing. You know, there's also, one uh, LA team you can turn off when they're down by 20, and there's another with Paul George that you can't turn off. So I, I don't forgive exactly. myself for doing that. Yeah, and also shout out to me because I definitely made that prediction not too long ago that they would fall out of the plan. It was joking, yes. Yes. but I made it. <laughs> yes, you did. And I was thinking today, we need to like, you know, when it's the off season, we don't have shit to talk about. We need to go back and listen to that episode and have an episode because I think a lot of our predictions, they were, I mean, they were wild at the time because they were bold predictions. That was the name of the segment. And most of them have turned out to be right for both of us. So props to yeah. us. You know, we'll Other than Anthony back. Simons. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm pretty sure I missed one or two too. But still. Shout out load management for Anthony Simons. <laughs> <laughs> Poor buddy. Um, but yeah, switching gears to the Knicks, man. I, I, I never was super high on them this year. I thought they'd be better than they were, but I feel like they had a whole lot of false hope last year because, I mean, they didn't do anything to the roster. Julius took a massive step back, and they weren't as good. They were just like the Lakers on national TV a million times, and now <laughs> nobody wants to watch them. So, Yup. Thanks. All right, we're going to wrap up this podcast. We're going to talk in the current. I know this doesn't come out till tomorrow, but Cooper and I are going to catch the end of this Grizzly-Spurs game. So we Thanks. will talk to you all soon. And Cooper, I hope you have a great night, my friend. Yes, sir. You too.